Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Yeah, you're here with the best. And if you're a first timer, welcome to the party. This is Robert along with Stephen Kerr, my co-host. And this is your Texans Packers postgame show. And Stephen, are you awake? You, you, you need to get up. <laughs> I am actually awake. I thought I was going to need some coffee for tonight, Robert, because I'm usually in bed before midnight. And yeah, it is before midnight, but no, I'm actually kind of wired. Maybe I'm just excited about doing my first Texans postgame show with you, even though, yeah, no, it's preseason. But hey, football's back, baby. Nothing like a three-hour and 15-minute preseason game to get the, the blood going. Uh, and if, <laughs> any, right. if anybody cares, the Texans lost 28-26, but you know, that's the least of the story. Uh, Steven, man, oh man, the Texans held out just about everybody of any value in this one because they were afraid of injuries. Then bam, they couldn't get out of the first quarter without two guys getting carted off the field that are still a pretty big deal. I mean, Kiki Cutie and Greg Vance are still a big deal. Well, and that's just, you know, that's the debate, I guess, that is raging, especially for the past couple of seasons. You know, Deshaun didn't play. Most of the starters on offense didn't play other than QT. He did. You know, that's the thing is that sometimes I think the more you try to avoid injury, the more that it happens. Yeah, Greg Mance was carted off and so, or at least kind of hobbled off the field, as did QT. And, you know, at the time we're recording this, we're doing this right after the game. So we don't have any official, anything official on them. But yeah, that's that's the problem you run into. And, and then when you do put your starters in with a regular season, and if the Texans get off to another slow start, then you're going to hear the fans say, well, you know, they should have played more in the preseason. They look a little rusty. So I don't know if you can win for losing. But the, the Texans just, you know, they it, it was a typical preseason game, I guess, on both sides. Too many mistakes, too many turnovers, and uh, too many crucial penalties at the wrong times. But Overall, I thought they made a good effort on offense. They moved the ball well. Uh, some drives halted, though. Uh, couldn't finish. That, that's been another problem the Texans have had in the past, too. But, again, you didn't have a lot of your offensive starters in there. Yeah, it was the Joe Webathon, and I'll get to Joe Webb in a second. But, you know, as we record this, yeah, you said it, uh, the QT thing. We don't know much, but we do know that the Chronicles' Aaron Wilson is saying that the ankle injury is not considered serious. QT himself tweeted out that it was a minor injury, nothing major, even though the tweet ended up being deleted. The Texans, yeah. <laughs> just, just Gestapo, or what do you call it? The Gestapo, yeah, the Gestapo, they, they must have got in his ear, so he got him. Well, he did, he did it probably, even if it was during halftime, he did it during the game, and I think that's a no-no for, really, it should be for any team, but... Yeah, they don't like him talking about injuries either. That's the last thing no, Bill O'Brien no. likes talking about. And, you know, J.J. Watt, uh, luckily the only thing J.J. Watt broke this week is two kids' pair, uh, bikes uh, on, on the way to the scrimmages. <laughs> well, he did kind of tweak his groin a little bit, but at least he didn't have a major injury. I mean, he should be fine. But, uh, yeah, and at least he paid for, to have those kids get a new bike. So Yeah, he was handing out free bikes, I guess, or re- refurbished bikes or new bikes or whatever he he did over the week. But, you know, you said it off the top, Stephen, uh, no Aaron Rodgers, no Deshaun Watson, no DeAndre Hopkins, no Will Fuller, no J.J., no Lamar Miller, Justin Reed, Zach Cunningham, Clowney, who, by the way, is reportedly not coming back from his holdout till the third preseason game. You kind of wonder, you know, with all these guys out of there, what the NFL f- officials think about the coaches playing 
all of their frontline guys in a scrimmage, Stephen, that few fans get to see, but playing absolutely nobody when the games are televised for the fans. To me, it's kind of a joke, you know? Yeah, and it's actually in in reverse of what it should be because the fans are paying for those preseason games. They don't play to come watch practice. So, yeah, I don't really understand. Of course, I know the the joint, even the joint practices, they're controlled at least to some degree. So I guess the danger is is less there than if you put them in a real game. But still... I just don't understand why. And, and you know, these owners charge a lot for these preseason games too. You know, they, they rake it in at the gate and the fans come to see a bunch of, you know, second, third and fourth stringers. Yeah. I mean, I guess most of it, well, I mean, with Packer fans is practically all season ticket holders, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's all they're, they're, they're yeah, paying they pretty for much everything. Own the team, right? So <laughs> yeah, they're paying for everything. So it doesn't, I don't think it matters for them. Uh, maybe for the, te- the Texans fans that are actually paying for preseason games, if you are paying for preseason games, I don't know. You, you've either got way too much money, as far as I'm concerned, to throw around, you know, or you know, you you just you know, you you like to be bored or hang out with your friends for three hours. I don't know what why you would actually yeah. go pay for a preseason game. I, ugh. I, I certainly wouldn't. I I barely. The only reason I watched this game, Robert, is because I knew you and I would be talking about it on the show. So I'm working just like you are. Otherwise, I might have watched the first half just to kind of see what was going on. But imagine this, though, Robert, when I first started football, and you probably too, you know, there was a time when they had six, count them, six preseason games and 14 regular season games. Can you imagine the fans having to put up with six preseason games now? Yeah, I saw John McClain, the general, mention that on Twitter. He kind of reminded me of that tonight. I'd forgotten all about that you know it's it's been it's been a long what how how far does that go back do you remember when that ended 80s 70s well, I, I believe it was 78 that they first went to 16 regular season games and cut the preseason back to, to four i believe it was 78 and and i'm pretty sure it was that year because i remember that was earl campbell's rookie year with the oilers and that was when they went 10 and 6 and the year before i think they had gone 8 and 6 or something like that. So the year after that, they, they went 10 and six, 11 and five, you know, the, the first love you blue team that uh, went to the AFC championship game. So I'm pretty sure it was 78. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the Houston Oilers, happy birthday to, as we speak uh, on the day of the game, Bruce Matthews, uh, Oiler hall of famer. He turned 58, but you know, these preseason games, Steven, just meaningless because, you know, if you, if you, are excited about somebody's preseason performance. Just want to remind everybody who the top five Texans offensive preseason performers were, according to Pro Football Focus, last year. Uh, Michael Pruitt, Jordan Akins, Kendall Lamb, Ryan Griffin, and Braxton Miller. Now, Lamb actually had a really good season, so he he mattered. As for the rest of that group, uh, <laughs> yeah. where, where'd they go? Where, where are they now, as they say <laughs> in the articles? Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, I don't take a lot of stock in preseason, but hey, it, I, I think if anything else, it just gets the fans excited knowing that football, real football, is just around the corner. So I guess we can take some solace in that. You know, we talked about QT's injury, but, you know, he had to play, I think, because DeAndre Carter, you know, he's been sitting out all at camp with an injury himself, and he's the backup slot guy. And I, I just don't think it had everything to do with, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, he, he was not playing a whole lot last year. I, that might've had more to do with it. 
So you put QT back returning punts, which he didn't do last year. And he's been doing that all through camp. Keep in mind, he had one punt return total in college at Texas Tech. Uh, You know, last year when I talked with Maitland Rutledge, who covered him at Tech for Rivals.com, he said they didn't really trust him in punt returns. And, and, well, you saw why. We saw why tonight, didn't we? And And I really don't like the fact that he's having to do punt returns, especially with him coming off the injury that he had last year doing double duty, basically, you know, we, we need him in that slot receiver spot. I think the Texans need him more there. But I think, as you said, with uh, DeAndre Carter and the hamstring injury, but the Texans really need DeAndre to come back because it's obvious, you know, he he kind of slipped on that punt, the muff pump that hit him, and the Packers rec- recovered it for a touchdown. But it, but it's just, it's obvious that he misjudged it. it. It's apparent that he doesn't have a lot of experience back there. It, it, it's just a shame they didn't, have another option. I, I want to say they put uh, Stevie Mitchell back there for one. Yeah, late, late in the game it was Mitchell. Late I think game, was back right. there. And yeah, I mean the the, the thing is, I, I'm kind of okay with a QT getting regular season punt returns. I, I like having somebody back there that can take it to the house. I don't like playing afraid of injury once the regular season starts and. For some reason, everybody gets scared about return guys, that they're going to get hurt easier than somebody else. But, I mean, it's not like I see those type of injuries more often than than other type of injuries. I'm talking about on the return guy. The weird injuries can happen with, you know, people in coverage, the blockers, you know, that I get. But not I don't see it in the return guys. I mean, you know, all those years that... Uh, who, who was the great returner for the, for the Bears for years? And he never got hurt. I don't remember him getting hurt. And he was explosive. Yeah, that's true. And I, I, that's a minor factor. But my main thing is that I just don't think he – I don't think he's cut out for that. I, I just don't think – you know, some are and some aren't. Yes, he has blazing speed. And he did show it a little bit tonight on the one return that he did catch and run back. Uh, but but speed isn't everything. You, you've got to catch the ball. you got to hang on to the ball, as we've seen plenty of times. And he can do that – in pass coverage, at least from what little he's shown us last year and we're in camp so far this year. But yeah, the the injury thing, I, I wouldn't say is the main reason, but I, I just don't think he has good judgment on catching punts. And I'd much rather have him in that slot because that's, that's where the Texans really need him. Well, yeah, I mean, we've seen him not much and, you know, it's, it doesn't look good when the first time you're back there, something like that happens or I'm mad about him the second time. But yeah, it, you know, if he can't do it correctly, if he's going to fumble, that's a whole other story. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's an argument, I guess, for both ways of him being back there and him not being back there once the regular season rolls around. Uh, Will Fuller, it was real fun when, when he got a chance to do that his first year. And, of course, now he's in a glass case these days. And, you know, he was yeah. one of the guys that didn't get to play. You know, We got to talk, Stephen, about the Duke Johnson deal because it's not official as you and I are talking, but – you know, he still has got to pass the physical and let's assume for a second that that's going to go through. Um, so the Texans give up a fourth round pick that becomes a third round pick. If he's active for 10 games this year, now keep in mind, he's had hamstring issues during training camp. So I, I'm assuming that's what the passing the physical might be about, but you know, he's not playing right now. So I don't know what that's going to say or not going to say, but let's, let's go glass half full on this deal for a second. And you know, he's under contract through 2021, due base salaries of $1.8 million this year, 3.6 next year, 4.65 uh, the following year. That's great. I mean, that's perfect. That's, that's a great deal. Absolutely. 
In the last three seasons, he's averaging more than four and a half yards per carry. That's really good for a running back. Since entering the NFL in 2015, he leads all running backs with 2,170 receiving yards. Uh, and he's third in, inter- in, in receptions by running backs. Third in all the NFL in that time period. Now, his blocking grades have improved every season since he's entered the NFL. I looked that up on Pro Football Focus. He's a good pass blocker at this point, which kind of matters if you like to keep number four upright. And the last thing I'll say, Stephen, is this. Outside of Justin Reed and maybe Jordan Akins, this is likely their best third-round pick, which is what he would be since Brandon Brooks in 2012. Unless you're a fan of Deontay Foreman, Braxton Miller, Jalen Strong, Lewis Nix, C.J. Fedorowicz, Brendan Williams, Sam Montgomery, he's he's great. He's great for a third-round pick. Well, isn't it ironic, Robert, that if if the Browns get a third-round pick next year, just think the you know the Texans, as you said, they they screwed up most of their third-round picks anyway. And Deontay Foreman, the third-round pick, was cut. Now, the good thing for the Texans, if if uh, Kareem Jackson plays well and if Tyron Matthew plays well with their new clubs, the Texans should get a couple of compensatory third-round picks, maybe at least one out of those two, you would think. So that's what that's one of the things I like about this deal, Robert. And Johnson not only brings quality depth behind Lamar Miller, but as you said, he, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And I, th- I think he had a career-high 74 receptions a couple of years ago for 693 yards. So, you know, and they have control of him through 2021. So if and, – and that gives the Texans, I think, protection if this is Lamar Miller's final season with the club. I, I have a feeling he might not be back next year. So there are a lot of things to like about this deal, and it should put to rest maybe some of these people who – have been kind of murmuring after the Astros made their big trade. Hey, shouldn't the Texans be watching what the Astros are doing and maybe making some kind of a move? You know, that's what we've been hearing publicly for the last few weeks on radio talk shows and Twitter and everywhere, other places in the media is that one of the Texans is going to make a big move. Well, there's your big move. And I, I think overall, I like the move. Yeah, you you and I have both mentioned the fact that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And they mentioned in the broadcast, uh, Spencer did, Spencer Tillman, that you know n- not only is he give you some insurance at the running back position, but that pass-catching ability, his ability to catch passes in the slot and be able to move him there gives you some insurance if QT isn't healthy. And, you know, DeAndre, uh, your other slot receiver – isn't healthy DeAndre Car- Car- I mean, you've got insurance with those two, two guys going down something like that, that, you know, if this hamstring stuff obviously doesn't linger, then you're, then you're good with, with him. So you, you've got multiple guys now. So there's a ton of reasons to make the move. What's also interesting. And I read this, Steven, I don't know if you caught this, but it sounds like uh, they're reporting that Bill O'Brien was the guy that was on the phone call with the Browns GM. So, so he, he's doing this himself. He's doing everything now. He's, he's the, he's the guy making deals. And I'm also kind of interested what happens next. Maybe Bill O'Brien, all of a sudden, you know, we, we hear about that uh, move for a tackle with the Redskins that everybody would like them to make Um, that, that might still be on the table. Well, here's the thing, Robert. And, and what I heard also is, 
this deal was in the works before training camp started. And so this may explain, because, you know, remember when the Texans cut Deontay Foreman, raised a lot of eyebrows because you had a bunch of unproven backs vying for a backup spot behind Lamar Miller. And then all of a sudden, the Texans make this deal. Uh, from what I understand, this this kind of got started before training camp. Uh, of course, Duke Johnson was, was unhappy because the uh, – the Browns signed uh, Kareem Hunt, who is going to be suspended for the first eight games of the season. And Nick Chubb became the starter last year. I'm, I'm a little surprised that the Browns pulled the trigger on this deal so quickly. I mean, do they know something that the Texans don't? Because, you know, with the signing of, of Hunt, with him being out the first half, they better hope that Nick Chubb stays healthy because they won't have Duke Johnson anymore. But, yeah, it's, it's obvious O'Brien's fingerprints were all over this. And apparently this was in the works before, well before they waived Deontay Foreman. So the Texans may have had an inkling that Foreman wasn't going to work out, or at least they were preparing for that possibility. Right, and and Trent Williams, the, the tackle for the Redskins. I mean, I watched this game, ugh, and I was not particularly thrilled, and I, and I haven't heard a lot of great stuff about Matt Cleal. I've heard he's been okay, but I'm just not real thrilled with going into the season with Matt Khalil. And definitely not Chantrell Henderson on the right side, which, you know, is he going to be healthy? Is he any good anyway? I mean, we didn't even see him enough last year to really get a gauge on that. I don't think he's anything special. He's just a guy holding it down for the moment. Uh, Titus Howard, you know, we could talk about him. You know, it might be a good chance to do that. You know, he had the holding penalty on the second offensive play of the preseason. Not a good way to start, but it looked on the replay like it was more hands to the face. It was a weak call. So, you know, if I'm the Texans, you know, Titus Howard's on standby to go to left tackle, true, but, you know, to go get somebody that you can just stick there and depend on, you know, if you, if you don't have to give up too much, if, if you're maybe only given a second round pick, now you're, you've given rid of two picks, though, in the next draft. So that, that might be part of the equation where they just don't think it's worth it, but I just I do do not trust Matt Khalil and I mean this offensive line it's just it's a piecemeal and if I were the Texans you know protect Deshaun at all cost. Well, that's certainly what you should do. And, and again, I, I've heard some national media talk about well the Texans' offensive line it has to be better it has to, it it can't go anywhere but up. Well, really, I, I mean it's still to me it's unproven. Joe Webb he, he was having to run quite a bit in this game. He he did get some pressure. Now he made. Some good. He looked good on some runs and made some nice throws, except for those two interceptions he threw. But I just I, I didn't see a lot of improvement. I know there was a lot of shuffling in and out, and it, and it's hard to tell. And of course now you have Greg Mance, who was playing is basically your backup center. Now yeah he went out early. Nick Martin is still out. So yeah you're still talking about a patchwork offensive line and nobody who's really proven that can step up, especially at that left tackle spot. Because I'm telling you, Robert, I know Deshaun Watson's a great football player, but if he gets keeps getting sacked 50, 60 times a year, I don't care how mobile he is or how good he is, he's not superhuman. His body is not going to hold up under that kind of pressure. I want to get to some of the rookies, but you know we got to talk about AJ McCarron because since you and I last talked, you know the backup quarterback for the Texans hurts his right thumb on a throw during a Packers scrimmage this week and. Guess what? It might have been because his offensive line was probably not blocking for him and keeping guys out of his face. 
So he's done for the preseason. They signed Jordan Tamu. I hope I, I'm saying Te-Amu. that right. I, I think it's Tamu. Is, is it, it Tamu? Yeah. Who played at uh, Ole Miss last year. The scouting report says, you know, his physical tools are good, but he's not good at reading defenses, handling pressure. It's just the mental part of the game. There's a reason why he went undrafted, of course. So he's a stopgap until hopefully, you know, it's a thumb injury, but hopefully you can get McCarron back by the start of the season because Joe Webb, you know, you saw him tonight. He's just, you know, he's a guy that you play in preseason and that's about all you want to see him. But, you know, that's a thing that's frustrating because you don't get a good look without A.J. McCarron and without Deshaun Watson. But, I mean, not just this game, but if you play, even if you play a, you know, Deshaun a quarter or a half the next couple of games to start those two uh, preseason games, you still aren't getting a lot of, of a good quarterback to work with some of the backup receivers and tight ends and offensive line just to see how they're doing with a real quarterback back there. And I'm sorry, Joe Webb, you're not a real quarterback. Well, that's the thing that worries me is, you know, how much of a look are we really getting with these backup receivers and tight ends and, you know, even the running game to some extent when you have a third string quarterback back there. And, you know, as, as far as uh, Tayamu, it, it was kind of a one trick pony offense at Ole Miss. It was very easy to read the plays. It went very fast. You know, this is the NFL and it's a, it's a lot more complicated. Now he did take part in rookie minicamp, was there for a tryout, but he obviously hasn't known the system very long. That's, that's why it didn't surprise me at all that Joe Webb played the entire game tonight. But that's my biggest concern is now that A.J. McCarron is out, you're talking about an, an adequate backup, certainly an upgrade over Brandon Whedon, who we've had the past couple of years, and some of the other guys come back. Oh, you know, we could see if Brian Hoyer wants to come back as a backup quarterback. He threw three touchdown passes tonight with the Patriots blowing out the Detroit Lions. So, But in all seriousness, I, I, the, the A.J. McCarron injury, I think, is, is a bigger deal than my, most people might think on the surface, because as we said, it just, it makes it harder for these backup guys really to show what they can do. Now, Brandon Whedon must have really been a guy they just didn't want. I mean, if you're bringing in this kid from Ole Miss, I mean, I, and, and not even have Brandon, have Brandon Whedon as a fourth quarterback in camp because Joe Webb's come out. He, he's not a quarterback. They, they really have him there as an emergency quarterback, but he's a guy that you can stick on special teams or he can do a number of things because he's a really good athlete, as we saw again in this game. But, you know, just looking at the rookies, I want to go through some of the rookies because, you know, we haven't talked a ton about the game over the last few minutes, but you got Lonnie Johnson, who looks like he's still got work to do. I mean, he had a good possession on the goal line, but then he got beat for the 27-yard touchdown. Charles Amenahu jumps off sides on his first possession as a Texan, didn't really see him flash or anything like that. Really, Steven, I don't know what you thought. It seemed like the undrafted rookies were more impressive in a lot of ways than the drafted guys. Yeah, it did seem that way. Uh, there was there were some good plays made by them. Yeah, Johnson, he, he had some nice coverage, but he was also, he had that uh, hands-to-the-face penalty that gave uh, Green Bay another first down. And I think Boyle, their backup quarterback, threw a touchdown pass that Johnson was covering. But yeah, a lot of the undrafted rookies, I mean, they they have definitely made some headway, I think, in camp. We've been hearing a lot about them in camp, and it was nice to see them in the preseason game tonight at least show some signs that uh, they might, at least some of them might have a chance to make the team. I mean, Taiwan Jones, the, the veteran running back, he gets stripped and fumbles the ball in the first quarter, and then 
that brings in the rookies and Demaria Crockett, uh, undrafted rookie out of my school, Mizzou had a one yard touchdown. Yeah. It was only a yard, but the Texans have had plenty of goal line issues in recent year, recent years. So that's a big deal. Slipped a man in the backfield and he got a little help from Max Sharping, another rookie with a nice block and Sharping was pushing guys downfield, which was really good to see. I think Sharping, you know, has been really impressive, at least at guard. He, they're not showing him a whole lot at tackle. It sounds like either in scrimmages or in camp or anything, he's playing mostly at guard. That's where they like him at this point, and he's looked good there. Uh, Crockett and Karen Hig- Karan Higdon, the the undrafted uh, rookie running backs, both look good running the ball especially. Higdon, eight carries, 37 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. Uh, and then Tyron Johnson, another undrafted guy, continues to show real potential. I, I really like what I've seen. I've heard about him seeing him, you know, in, in person and in, or in person on TV. Uh, he looked good. And, and even tight end Jarrell Adams looked good with the touchdown. Then he had a play that where he saved, you know, Webb's butt on that interception. He punches the ball away from the defender, uh, saves a turnover there. Unfortunately, the last time we saw Adams, he dropped a ball uh, late in the game, yeah. uh, hit him right in the numbers. But I mean, the undrafted guys look good. Uh, Titus Howard, you know, there's still some positive stuff with him. There, there's good stuff with with Sharping. Lonnie Johnson's going to be a work in progress. There was no Kahele wearing. Uh, Amenahu eh, didn't really see much. Uh, the the I think Xavier Crawford got hurt. I want to say I saw some report that he was hurt early in. Yeah, he left the field early in the game too. I think it was either after the first or second defensive series. He left. He left the game too. So. We have to keep an eye on that situation. But getting back to Tyron Johnson, you had mentioned him before in camp on several occasions. And one of the catches he made, I think it was on a third down for a 45-yard gain. So, yeah, he looked good. And then he had another nice catch uh, that was called back on a block in the back. So I, and, and we've been talking a lot about these rookies, these undrafted free agents in camp. I mean, you've been hearing their names all over the place. So, Wow, it's it's good to see. And that's one of the things I do like about the preseason, Robert, is some of these names that we're really not thinking about that really catch your eye, both in practices at camp and then in some of these games. You almost wonder, there, there's going to be one or two of them that are going to jump out at you and make the team because they surprise the coaches and everybody else. Joe Webb, you know, 25 for 40, 286 yards, 47 yards rushing, a touchdown, two interceptions, probably should have been two inter- two more interceptions added on to that. So, you know, just taking care of the football wasn't his forte, but you know, he's got those legs. He makes it interesting, you know, sometimes makes plays, sometimes holds onto the ball too long though. Uh, doesn't read because he's not reading the blitz or, you know, he's, he's not getting rid of the ball quickly enough, but you know, Webb was exciting. Uh, the rest of the game, uh, I, I don't know. I, there just wasn't a whole lot to be a whole lot to be excited about. There's nothing much on the defensive end, unless I'm. Is there anything that you saw on the defensive end? I didn't see anything. Well, other than some of the few plays that we talked about that some of the young defensive backs made, but I, I didn't really see a lot of pressure on the passer. Uh, no, you know, Deshaun Kaiser played really well, but hey, he didn't get a whole lot of pressure either. And even uh, their third string quarterback uh, Boyle. You know, they made they made him look good, too. So, yeah, I wasn't really particularly impressed with the front seven. Of course, again, you know, you had your starters that that weren't in there. Clowney's not even in camp. But 
the biggest thing for me as far as uh, preseason, once again, the, the first half always seems to go by faster than the second half. Because in the second half, you're, you're getting your third, fourth, fifth string guys in there. You know, the 90th guy on the roster who's probably going to be cut next week. It, it seems that the game drags even more in the second half than it does the first half. So it seemed longer toward the end for me. One of my big frustrations, and, and this is because this is this is my business. This is, I'm a broadcaster. I, I love watching what the guys calling the game are doing. And Kevin Kugler and Spencer Tillman, and, and, I, and I like Spencer, great guy. I, I mean, he's been on the, the podcast. Uh, Spencer's, Spencer's a good guy. Here's the problem, though. What I didn't see enough from them, what, what you should know going into a Texans game at, at this point is that there's nobody playing. You knew that probably going into the game that nobody was going to play of any importance except for the offensive line. And those guys should have been focusing and talking about that. And we should have been seeing replays and Spencer. He's a guy that he's can do a lot with his vocabulary, but a lot of times I just don't feel like there's any meat to the bone when he's doing the color on these, on these games. And Kevin Kugler didn't seem to understand the rule of there, there being a turnover late in the game. And first of all, he didn't even notice that that uh, the Texans had recovered the ball after Green Bay had intercepted it, and then it turned out to be not an interception. But anyway, it was obvious like the Texans got the ball back, and both of them somehow missed that. And then Kugler uh, doesn't seem to realize that, oh, yeah, when there's a turnover, they've got to look at the replay. That's That's part of the rule. But just my frustration with the fact that you know, we want to see replays and slow-mos of the offensive line because they were the only thing that really counted in this game, Stephen. What else is there to look at if you're a Texan fan? None of the other starters are playing. And, you know, when you're showing a replay, you know, of Joe Webb running around, I don't care. Why do I care about Joe Webb? Joe Webb is like a last, last resort if he's playing games for the Texans this year. And if he is playing for games, it, it season's over with, you know? Well, I think some of that is probably on the producers, too, of what they're showing. But uh, I guess yes. the, the producers and the announcers, uh, I guess it's their preseason, too. Because, it, But, Robert, can you imagine having to do a preseason game, a, a play-by-play? I mean, I've never really asked an, a, a, an announcer who's done like, – I'm talking about college and pro football, obviously. Uh, well, NFL, I guess, college doesn't have preseason, but yeah, I, can you imagine though? I, I know where you're going with this whole thing, but let me just say this. Yes, you've got to get all these extra guys and extra numbers and the guys that you're not going to know, but Kugler doesn't do Texans. He's not a regular Texans guy. Any, so he, well, that was my next point. That, that was my next point. These guys, these are your backup, backup guys who are doing these preseason games. But, too. My, but my problem with, with like a Kugler and a Spencer Tillman is, I don't care about the Packers. You don't have to remember the numbers. You don't have to tell me who's doing what. If Aaron Rodgers is planned, I care. You know, if they if they got some some of their big starters planned, wh- whatever. But for the most part, Texas fans don't care. We're looking at everything through a Texans prism. We're trying to see what young guys are doing. We're trying to see who's going to flash. And so just memorize the numbers of the guys that are on the Texans squad. So have the other team you don't have to remember. Yeah, you got to remember maybe twice as many numbers and as many guys as usual, but you know, you don't have to remember uh all the Packers guys as far as I'm concerned. So, and then the other thing that frustrates me and St- Steven, you might not know this, but the problem with Spencer is I just never saw him much out at 
training camp. You know, I, I did training camp for five years and Spencer wasn't out at training camp. I mean, I'd see him at games, which is fine. But if you're going to break down what's going on and kind of give me some insight, you need to be out there. And that's why it was good when they went to like John Harris and Drew Doherty. Those guys are there all the time. And right. honestly, those right. guys, I would put them on the broadcast. I would put especially like a John Harris on the broadcast because if it's going to be, you know, the sort of Texans communist radio, which is like, you know, we kind of joke about it, but it's it's just basically, hey, you know, the Texans, you know, are, are we're not going to say anything bad about them and we're going to be really – you know, it's going to be positive and upbeat no matter who's in the booth. Then put John Harris, the guy that's, you know, paid by the Texans or whatever, but he's also paid to do analysis and stuff like that. And, and, and John knows as much as anything about all these guys, both from a football standpoint, you know, technically and the, all the stuff about these guys personally as well. Well, I, I understand your frustration on that part, because after all, it is a Texans broadcast. It's not, you know, a national ABC, ESPN type of game where you absolutely have to cover both teams. I, I agree with you there. I, I just, you know, I, it just seemed to me that they're ill prepared for these preseason games because they don't, they don't know who's going to play, who's not. Well, they know who's not going to play, and that's who they know the most about is the stars, and they can talk about them all day, but they they aren't prepared enough to talk about these backup guys. But you're right. I, I think they they should at least spend more time on the Texans, being that. It was a regional broadcast. What was it on Channel Thirteen? Right in Houston. Yeah, yeah. It was. I'm I'm here in Austin, of course. For most that don't know on the show, and it was on our uh, local channel here. But uh, it, it's more of a regional type thing when you get into preseason. You got anything else? I, I'm I'm about out of gas. There's not a whole lot to talk about with the actual game itself. The fun, the interesting stuff, the fun stuff was talking about. You know, the Texans might have picked up a running back that they desperately needed in Duke Johnson. The A.J. McCarron injuries, sort of a big deal. Uh, if there's anything, you know, big time wrong with QT or Greg Mance, that's kind of a thing. Although I think Zach Fulton might be a better center than the other two guys that that uh, are wanted to at the center position. If you moved him over to center and you had Max Sharping at guard, I think you got a better offensive line with, with that situation than you would with you know, Zach Fulton at guard and, and Mance and Nick Martin at center. Well, if Mance and Martin don't come back soon, that may be exactly what they will have to do. And, and maybe that'll be a good thing. But no, the other only other thing I have is one preseason game down, three to go before the real stuff starts. And so that just means we're one step closer to that, Robert. Yeah, I sure hope we see some actual players that I recognize on the field for the next uh, preseason game in a in about, was it eight, nine days from now? Well, you should for the Cowboy game. That's the third game, which is usually when your starters are going to play the most, and it's against the Cowboys, so that should be a pretty thrilling game to look forward to, I would think. Yeah, no no question. Yeah, the Cowboy game, they're, they're, you're going to see guys playing a half, maybe even longer than that. And last cool thing, just is very cool for the Texans, they donated $100,000 to the El Paso Victims Fund. So, you know, big hat tip for that. But uh, also just a reminder that if you enjoy the show or you got a comment or a question, it's info at houstonsportstalk.net. Let us know info at houstonsportstalk.net. If you forget it, it's in the show description. Uh, we we definitely want to hear from you. You can even email us a an audio clip with a question or a comment. We're going to, we'll stick it on. You know, if you got a question. Oh yeah, comment, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So, yeah, let us hear from you. Uh, but until uh, until Sunday, and we can talk about a team that's uh, doing pretty awesome these days, the Astros. And 
uh, should be able to keep that up for a couple more days. Uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple days on uh, all that. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.